what is going on ladies and gentlemen it is your boy andres and this is going to be the first video on youtube episode number 36 of the sports fellas podcast and today along with my co-host eric how you doing sir i'm good good to be back with you how you doing i'm doing fantastic sir and we have another guest this is the third time on the podcast we are really appreciated because whenever we talk about a lot of sports i gotta hit up my man christian how you doing sir good man i'm good how are you doing great eric where's your mental health today uh it's all right i mean there's been a lot of stuff going on i'm heading home tomorrow maybe tonight depending on what time we finish this so i'm excited for that but i'm good how are you that's good trying to get by christian where's your mental health today good man just chill you know trying to get towards the weekend right Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got a packed episode. We got a lot of NFL content for you guys. We got a lot of MLB content. We got a lot of basketball content. So, Eric, usually we have a list of what we want to start, but today I'm going to let you choose. So, what do you want to start with? What's the breaking news of this hour? Uh, I'm going to guess we could just start with NFL. I feel like there's the most going on with that, considering what just happened 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, so Devontae Adams... Um, he got traded to the Raiders, which is a crazy thing to think about. He got paid. He got really, he got paid a lot. And um, the reports were coming out that the Packers were willing to give him that money, but he just wanted to play elsewhere. Um, like Christian was saying before the episode, maybe he didn't want to play in the cold in Wisconsin. So Christian, looking at this from an outside perspective, since you don't root for any of the teams in the AFC West, what does this move do for the Raiders? Did you say me or him? I, you cut out. Yeah. This is my oh, I said Christian, my bad. Okay. Oh, um, so just objectively, you know, looking into that, that uh, AFC West, I think that there's four good teams, like four very talented teams probably could be the most talented division in the, in the NFL. Um, I think that that kind of solidifies their offense. A little bit of car can play. Um, like we've seen good car. We've seen bad part, bad car. Most of the time, it's kind of, it's a little bit maybe mediocre, people would say. But I think if you can, you know, get him some weapons, protect him, and then get a defense like they are right now, I think they have a chance to even win it if it's, if everything, you know, goes their way, they're healthy and things like that. Right now, I would probably have them third in that division. Chiefs, then Chiefs, then Broncos, then, uh, then Raiders. And Chargers, but again, they could all win 10 plus games, and you know, just depending on luck and other any other moves they may make this offseason, still with the draft coming up and all that. Um, I think a lot of things could break well for them. So, Eric, last year you said that the NFC West had a chance of every single team making the playoffs. This year, we could probably still be seeing the AFC West. What do you think this move does for the Raiders? Uh, I think it definitely like they. Whenever I think about the Raiders, I don't, they're not like one of the top tier AFC teams to me, but they still did end up making the playoffs, even after all of us were like rooting for that tie and everything for them and Chargers both to go. They ended up getting the win. They went, they lost in the first round, which I think most people were kind of expecting, but making the playoffs and then adding arguably the best wide receiver in the entire league, that's obviously going to make your offense better. I don't know what's going on. I know there's been a lot of Derek Carr trade rumors. I'd imagine he's staying, but I don't know for sure. But if he is staying, I could definitely see them as a wild card team again. I don't know what would be stopping them from that. I think the Broncos did get better in that division, obviously, with Russell Wilson. But 
maybe this is the division this year where we see every team make it because now with three wild card spots, a team or a division actually can have every team make it. So maybe this is the first year we actually see that. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's crazy because like um, Aaron Rodgers, obviously he announced that he was coming back to the Packers. You know, a lot of people are saying 200 million, 175 million. A lot of people are speculating that he was retiring or going to Denver, which brings us to another trade. Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos. Um, <clears throat> so obviously Aaron Rodgers is not Russell Wilson. We know that, but um, a lot of people were saying that if Aaron Rodgers went to the Broncos, they were like one of the one of the better teams in the AFC, and they were on that tier with um, the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, so Eric, knowing that Russell Wilson is now in Denver, and knowing that the Broncos were a QB away, are the Broncos a lock to make the AFC Championship game, or is there teams that are still better than them? Uh, in NFL, I don't really like saying any team is a lock for anything because NFL is so like, since it's one game, anything can really happen. Like it's tough to predict the NFL. That's why anytime you predict any team to win back to back, it's pretty tough because that just doesn't really happen often in the NFL. But I, I'm not going to call them a lock for the AFC championship because that's really high praise. I mean, especially considering the division they're playing in. But I would be shocked if they don't if they don't make like if they don't go into the playoffs as like a strong team with that like possibility. I'd be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. I don't think that for me personally, I, that is I'd say that's a lock. But even then, teams always there's always one or two teams that disappoint and always one or two teams that are way better than expected. So you just never really know what to expect. Yeah, I, I agree with that because like a lot of people were saying last year that you know, that the Ravens were going to win a division or it was going to be the Steelers. You know, obviously the Steelers had a great defense and obviously Lamar Jackson got hurt. And then the Bengals came out of nowhere and just made a Super Bowl. But I don't know if we have, I don't know if we, we'll see that Super Bowl team again this year. But Christian, does Russell Wilson move the needle in the year 2022? Because we know that in the first five weeks, he's a demigod. And in the next, like the second half of the season, he just folds. So does Russell Wilson move the needle for the Broncos? I think he does. Um, I think even if he's not what people, you know, expect him to be all the time, even if he is a little bit overrated, I think he's still a top 10 quarterback, uh, possibly, you know, or you know, at least around that. And um, that's really what they need because they have a very solid foundation there, I think, uh, on their O-line. Uh, they, they're starting to get some young weapons and Judy and um, Cortland Sutton, things like that. Uh, and their defense always, you know, they always have a good defense. So I think that it could, again, it just depends on on how the luck breaks and how how well they play, you know, when the, when the light is shining. So just got to see. But I do think he moves the needle for sure. Do you think the Broncos are like a lock for anything other than the playoffs right now, like as of today, if the season was to start today? Like, like Eric said, like, I don't even know. I wouldn't say for the championship, for sure, I wouldn't say they're a lock. I want to say they're a lock for the playoffs. Like, I would have them in my playoff picture, but you just never know. Imagine, you know, Russell Wilson gets injured or he doesn't play up to his standards and then uh, someone on defense gets hurt, something like that. But, yeah, I, I would have them as a playoff lock person. Okay. So, the other move that occurred, um, Bobby Wagner was let go by the Seahawks. And that's, like, crazy to say, like, even say out loud. And then Bobby Wagner went on Twitter and he said, that's crazy that I found out from, like, Twitter and stuff. So, it goes to show how big of a how big of a role um social media has today on like players and like sports in general, where players find out that they're traded through like group chats or through like um 
these social media outlets and like um christian has said this like a numerous times on twitter if you if you follow him but like i don't think the players owe anything to the owners they don't like like they're billionaires and stuff and like players should have a say on where they control and how to control their own destiny but another thing that occurred is that calvin ridley got suspended for betting and obviously last year he was dealing with some mental health problems and he had to step away from the team and a lot of people were bashing him now that these news came out someone said the real reason why he stepped away from the team was because matt ryan was his quarterback and i thought that was slightly funny but at the same time um a little messed up so eric when the news broke out that calvin ridley was um suspended for betting what was your initial reaction and what were you like 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 how do you pass this this notification from adam Schefter? uh i always so i didn't know for sure like the length of what a gambling suspension is and i mean i'm not gonna say it's right or wrong that it's a year because it is the rule it is what it is i will say though he i mean i think it's a little different because he wasn't actually playing at the time i don't know if that clearly that doesn't matter but also i somewhat agree with what a lot of people were posting about how like this player has done this and only got four weeks this player's done this and only got six weeks and crazy stuff like illegal terrible things that people have done and they're getting a third of what calvin ridley did for betting on games when he wasn't even actually an active player really so there should be a punishment but the whole year seems a little crazy and I don't know. It, it, it's a weird situation, and I don't know if they'll ever change the rules. And I know the rules are there for a reason, but a year just seems a little extreme to me. But I might be alone on that. I don't know. Okay. Um, to feed off what um, Eric was saying, Christian. So we've seen a lot of players, and I mean a shit ton of players, get suspended for domestic violence. We've seen players um, get suspended for being their wife or being their kid or kicking dogs and stuff. And Calvin really just got suspended for a year. Technically, Henry Ruggs still hasn't been suspended for the NFL. Um, is this a bad look for the NFL? And did Calvin really deserve more or less games to be suspended? They, they should have suspended him. I don't think, especially since he wasn't, you know, playing in the games, he wasn't like getting anybody on his team hurt or anything like that. He was just actually betting on them. If, if what he was saying was true, he said he bet $1,500 and that he bet a three-way parlay on his own team and his own players. So maybe, maybe he was just trying to encourage them. Either way, it's very dumb. He should be should should be feeling ashamed and should be punished for what he did. Um, but again, like you said, it shouldn't be anything like worse than uh, what domestic violence or uh, assault or anything like that would be and you see that happen a lot more in the nfl so uh, i do think it's a bad look especially when they they don't have any real system to let you know what this should be a suspension for and what they stand by yeah absolutely i just think it's like i think it's bogus that a lot of people are showing their like true colors and they're saying oh calvin really nothing was wrong with him mentally like he just needed like he just wanted to like step away from the game so um, like me and Eric have talked about it a lot on this podcast, being big advocates for like mental health. So just seeing a lot of people not knowing what he's going through and maybe his coping mechanism was betting on games. Like we don't know, we don't know what he goes through. We don't, we don't, we're not in his life or anything of the sort. So people to come out and say, oh, he wasn't suffering anything. It was all fake. Like it's just pretty stupid and ignorant and stuff. So, 
But yeah. in other news, we do have more moves. Carson Wentz to the Commanders. I know how you guys feel about Carson Wentz going to the Commanders. Um, does this move the needle for them? Yes, no. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. We got we Amari got Cooper. He probably makes it worse for him. Honestly. Yeah, that's what Carson Wentz is just not it anymore. And like there's he might a reason. Win them like, he might win them like eight games, and then what then? They have a bad pick, and they don't have their quarterback for the future. So. It just wasn't a smart move. Like, and that's why I think that Washington fans were so mad because there was all these rumors of Deshaun Watson and Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers, and then they end up with Carson Wentz. Like, that's, yeah, that's or cool. Russell Wilson even was rumored there, and then they end up with this. Like, there's a, there's a good reason to be upset if you were a Washington fan right now. Yes, but um, is the NFC East better than the AFC South? Like, do you think the like do you think the Commanders can pull out some wins or no? I think that's tough because Titans and Colts are really good, but or in my opinion, I think I think the Colts are a quarterback away, just like we were saying about the Broncos. I think Carson Wentz was holding them back and maybe coaching somewhat. Mm-hmm. And then I think the Titans are obviously really good, but then you have the Texans and Jags, who were arguably the two worst teams in the league last year. Which I don't know. They, they're very up and down. The NFC East. I don't know what to say about the NFCs. It's always like it's the most talked about division, but it's always like the biggest shit show, kind of. Like you just you just watch it and sometimes laugh. It's it's like a it's like a soap opera, yeah. literally. Like like yeah. those meme team Lakers. That's every team. In the <laughs> Even the Cowboys, who were by far the best team in that division, I I, I know a lot of people who were picking them to lose to the 49ers in the first round because they just sure. a yeah. lot. Yeah, nobody, nobody believed in them. They were like, mm-hmm. oh, playoff time, Cowboys. It, it, it's kind of sad that they've got that moniker, but it's really – it's it's but like, And it always turns into, like, their fans being like, oh, everybody just hates us. That's why nobody does this. But what have they really done to earn yeah, the respect exactly. of picking them? I, I'll be wrong on them until they prove me wrong. But yeah, I, literally. I've been right a lot on them, and I'll, I'll keep on being right. Exactly. The Cowboys, I think they went, like, 13-4, and four, right? Or they went 12-5. and five. Yeah, and six of those wins came against the division. Like it was just, it was just funny how they were gonna go all the (laughs) way, and then they lose another playoff game at home. But um, we got Amari Cooper to the Browns, which is linked to the next subtopic. Does (laughs) Amari Cooper went to the Browns, and then today came out that Baker Mayfield requested a trade. And the Browns said, "Nah, we're not gonna grant your trade request." So, Christian, I know how how much you how much you like talking about Baker Mayfield. What did you think when the news came out? Because there was rumors about Watson going to Cleveland, and then now he couldn't handle the spotlight. He was like, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna get requested trade." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Baker, no matter how you think he performs, he's he's obviously he's a human. He's gonna be like, "Oh, they don't want me, so I don't want them back." But like like the like the Browns said, you're not good enough to be able to make that kind of request. And I don't think teams are gonna be out here like fighting for you for you to make that kind of request. So I mean I it might he might have played his last snap there, but it's not gonna go exactly the way he wants it. He might get sent off to a really another really bad team who just needs a quarterback for a little bit. Uh, he could be going to the Colts, honestly. I don't think that that would be good for the Colts. I don't think it would be much better than Carson Wentz if if it even would be better. But um, yeah, I don't I don't see it going well for him, and that's not really a good look for the Browns either. Especially like you said, spending not that much capital on Amari Cooper, but going to get a, a wide receiver who you think would be a number one, and it's just now you really 
like, okay, who do we have throwing to? Because they were rumored to want Rodgers, then Wilson, then Watson, and got none of them. And then they said, oh, we want you now, Baker. And he's like, no, I'm not going to be your sloppy second. So, um, <laughs> um, Eric, so obviously, <laughs> so obviously last year we saw the whole OBJ versus Baker Mayfield saga, and obviously OBJ ended up winning the final battle. Uh, why would Omari Cooper go to Cleveland? Bro, I I don't know. Like, <laughs> Cleveland is in a better spot than they were like 10 years ago. Like 10 years ago, nobody took them seriously at all. Or five years ago, whatever we're talking about. Like nobody took them seriously. They were going 0-16, not win games. They were joked. But I feel like even now, whenever people were like, oh, we need to start taking them seriously, they're still the Cleveland Browns. Like they're still, they can't, they haven't lost that reputation yet of, being the Cleveland Browns because even when things look like they're going right, there's still a mess over there. And I will say a fifth and a sixth for Amari Cooper, that's a hell of a deal. I know Cowboys weren't trying to pay the caps. So I understand that's a whole thing, but I mean, if you can trade a fifth and a sixth for him, yeah, I feel like you do that, but I don't know who's going to be throwing the ball to him. I would assume they're going to try and go after Maybe I saw rumors about Derek Carr, but I can't imagine Derek Carr's leaving Las Vegas now. And if they go with like Jimmy G, I don't really think that's much of an improvement. I don't like, I, I just, I don't know what they're going to do. And their defense could be good. They could have star players. Like they had Odell. Well, that ended terribly. They still have Miles Garrett. He's a star player. They have good players, but it's just, they can't put it together to win. And I don't know what it'll take for them to finally do it. If they could have gone to Sean, maybe, but. That would have just been more of a reason for me to root for them to lose. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna bring back um Money Manzel. Stay tuned. Other moves we got we got the Nickelodeon MVP Mitchell Trubisky heading to the Steelers. I hope that I hope that franchise is liquidated. We got Tyrod Taylor going to be QB one for the Giants. We got Christian Kirk who got a big payday at the Jaguars. We got Von Miller to the Bills who Von Miller just won the Super Bowl and he actually got paid. He got a big payday for being 33 years old. Um. Whitworth is retiring. Aaron Donald hopefully will be back. But the two biggest news stories that we have for you guys today is, well, depending on what perspective you have, I think there's only one perspective. But number one, Deshaun Watson won't face criminal charges. So, um, Eric, when you got the notification, because what Adam Schefter said was very out of pocket, and I don't think you should have tweeted that as a reporter, as like his reputation of who he is. I don't. I just don't think that's something you should tweet out. So, Eric, when the news came out that Watson was found, um, it wasn't facing any criminal charges, what was your reaction? Well, at first, I was a little surprised because in, I thought he was going to face something. So, I was a little surprised. I was happy, though, that we're going to be able to finally get him off the team. And I know that means trade rumors were going to spike up and that he'd go. I'm still hoping somehow he gets like suspended somehow from the NFL, but... I, I saw that there's no suspensions lined up or the NFL hasn't talked to it or planned on it or anything. So I doubt that happens. I don't know. It's just the whole situation is wild. And I haven't kept up with like the civil cases and all that, the allegations hundred percent. Like even whenever we were talking about trading him, I kind of stopped focusing on that because I thought it just wouldn't happen based on how things were going. And I don't know. It's been like, it's been taking over NFL news lately. And there's been a lot of talks about like, oh, he didn't deserve any. He did deserve any. He's going to face it in the future. He's not going to face it in the future. I don't know what's going to happen, but 
but I, I'll just say I was surprised whenever I first got the notification. And for the Schefter tweet, I didn't even see it or for like a, the first hour he tweeted because I got auto blocked by him on Twitter, which I didn't even know that was a thing that you can get auto blocked by somebody. So I'm blocked from him for like a week. So I can't see his tweets. So I had no clue what people were pissed off about. And then I finally saw it. And by the time I saw it, he had already replied to it, trying to like defend himself and explain it. And I mean, it's just not a good look for him, but I don't know. It is what it is. I guess like he, I feel like he knew what he was doing with that tweet, but if he didn't, then I guess that's an honest mistake that he made. Yeah. So Christian, you, you have expressed how much you despise the Houston Texans and they, you loved them for so many years and now you absolutely despise them. What was your reaction to the Adam Schefter tweet and to seeing that Watson's not going to face any criminal charges? Um, it wasn't surprising to me, honestly, just based on all the little chatter that had been going on around it. It made it seem like, you know, he wasn't really going to be facing any criminal charges. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure about the civil cases as well. Like, I don't know if he's still going to have to settle out of court or, or anything like that. Um, but I but I do I do think that it's, you know, a little bit disappointing that um that he won't be facing any charges and that Adam Shepard tweet was just very shameless. Like it was very obviously sent to him, like either by the agent or, you know, he, he thought of it himself, which it would be even worse. He's kind of just being a, a show to the situation, very insensitive to all the people who have, you know, had to, you know, come up with their own allegations and things like that. You know, you know that's why people struggle to come up with allegations because there are the lack of people who don't understand the situation or, are just very insensitive to it like that. So I don't think that was a good tweet at all. Yeah, I feel like, like you said, a lot of survivors are not comfortable with telling their own story because of like shit like this, like like the Adam Schefter tweet. And I wanna leave the tweet on the screen for you guys to see what he said and you can form your own opinions on what he said. But I just think it was like out of pocket and like, like, like Christian said, there's a lot of people that struggle, both men and women with telling their story because of little things like this. But, Moving on to the most important football topic of this week, of last week, whatever you want to call it. La Cabra, the GOAT, TB12, whatever you want to call him, Mr. Whatever you want to call him. Tom Brady decided to not retire, and he's going to go back on the field next year for his 23rd season in Tampa Bay. And this is crazy. Like, So when Michael Jordan retired and he came back, it was like national news. Obviously, when uh, when Michael Jackson passed away 13 years ago, it was like national news. Like everyone's going to remember where they were. This Tom Brady retiring and then saying, I'm not retiring anymore. Everyone is going to remember where they were, what they were doing, what time of the day it was. So Christian, since you're the guest, what was your reaction and what the hell was going through your mind? And that's another one I was not surprised about. You could tell that... uh... (laughs) like everything that everybody was saying they were like oh no he's not going to be done he just can't walk away from the game like that even though it was like it was a great game that he had Uh, the last throw that he ever had would have been a touchdown to Mike Evans so I mean you can't say he didn't go out trying but um I expected him to come back and I'm I'm very happy for him not gonna lie like I I used to hate Tom Brady and I just kind of like grew up I'm like you got to respect the greatness there's no reason to ever match this against you gotta enjoy what you're watching so i was happy for sure yeah um herrick what do you what did you think about tom brady not retiring or retiring for two months well i also like you saw the rumors and everything about how oh people in this camp are saying he might not be done so i wasn't too surprised but i was excited 
and I saw somebody talking about how like in his comeback tweet or post, he said unfinished business. And everyone's like, this dude has seven Super Bowls, like three MVPs, this many all pros. And they're like, he's talking about unfinished business. He's a psychopath. Like everyone's like, go hang out with your kids or do something. Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. It's just, he loves the game. I mean, obviously. And I think, I think his plan is he wants to end on a Super Bowl. And I feel like if they win this year, I think he might like officially retire for good. But mm-hmm. he might be serious about wanting to play till he's 50 years old. And I mean, he was like the runner up for MVP last year, I think, or top three or something. So yeah, that's it, it, it's insane. He's defeating father time, it feels like. And I don't know how long he's going to be able to keep it up, but it's been pretty incredible to see. And I'm happy I've been able to watch him through most of his career. So. Bro, like he, so he's been in the league as long as we've been alive, basically. That's insane. Bro, <laughs> that, that is insane when you put it into that perspective because he said he's going to start his 23rd season. So, in the last 10 years, since 2013, Tom Brady has either won the Super Bowl or lost in the playoffs. So, last year he lost in the playoffs. The previous year he won in the Super Bowl. The previous year he lost in, uh, against the Titans. The previous year before that he, he won in the Super Bowl. So, every single year since 2013, he's he's won the Super Bowl and then lost in the playoffs. Last year, he lost in the playoffs. This year, he might win the Super Bowl. I, can I mean, see we it don't. Know. How many? They have a well-rounded team as in, as well-rounded a team as anyone. So I could see it happening. How many good quarterbacks are there in the NFC? Like we have Stafford, Rodgers, Brady, Kyler Murray. Who? Who? Let's just say he he folded against the Rams. That's <laughs> that's about it, really. Deshaun yeah. Watson probably going. Uh, and Dak, I'd still say Dak's pretty. Mm, Actually, yeah, I mean, Deshaun Watson is going to be in the NFC. NFC. Yeah, two final teams in NFC. Yeah, so when when Watson goes to the to an NFC team, maybe he's going to be up there. But but I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Not going back to that, but I don't think any team that he goes to is really going to be ready to compete. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Saints would be close, but yeah. I still don't know if they'd be as good as the Bucks and the Falcons. Definitely, definitely wouldn't be as good. So. No. Which is Falcons why the Texans fan. Which is why the Texans fan. I'm hoping he goes to the Falcons. You're, you want you want him to go to Atlanta because of the picks, right? Obviously. Yeah, and also, I mean, I know it's like a two percent chance we'd get Kyle Pitts or AJ Terrell in a trade, but that'd be obviously amazing. But I, especially considering both of them have the same agent as Deshaun Watson, so I doubt they'd be traded in a Deshaun Watson trade. So I don't know. I, I think just because. If the Saints do get him, their like next year's pick would probably be like around a playoff team. They'd be it'd be a better pick if the Falcons get him. I still don't think Falcons overall are a good team, but there was a lot of rumors talking about how like players are waiting to see where Deshaun goes. So it's pretty unfortunate that a lot of the athletes in the NFL still like him. So a lot of them will still follow him maybe where he goes, which that didn't happen in Houston, which also sucks, but. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, well, Tom Brady is back. The NFL is happy. Well, a lot of people still hate Tom Brady, which is berserk to think about. But like you said, like, he defeated Father Time, number one. And, like, number two, like, he really retired, quote-unquote, without losing a step. Like, that's literally unheard of. I mean, we're seeing the same thing with, like, LeBron right now. But Tom Brady is about to be 45, 46 years old. Like, it's it's crazy. And I, I tip the cap to him. The crazy thing about it is that... Tom Brady's retirement lasted 39 days. The MLB lockout lasted 99 days. So moving on to our second topic of the night, baseball is back. They finally reached an agreement. They reached, they, they signed a CBA. We are finally have baseball. No more ghost runners. 
No more runner on second to start the um, extra inning. No more seven inning doubleheader games. Thank God. We do have 12 teams in the postseason, which is a good thing. 14 would have been too much. So, Eric, you and I, we always texted about baseball being back, and now we finally have it back. What was your reaction to the news, and how are you feeling about the Astros so far without Correa? So far. Uh, for baseball being back, for me, it was like at first, I was obviously super excited that we finally got the news that's back, but now, like, sitting on it, in reality, it's like it was never really gone because the season's starting on like April 5th or April 7th or whatever, which is like what three or six days after it would have normally started. So basically, it's like it didn't go away. It was just the panic and scare of not having it. And for for Carlos Correa, I see a lot more rumors and like news stuff coming out about how we're offering him a new contract and we're a lot of the players in the uh, in the clubhouse are like trying to push the ownership to make another offer for him and push to get him. If we could do that, that'd be that. I think that. Cray is a huge part of it. I know I've seen some Astros fans who are trying to like be half glass full and talk about, well, we do have Jeremy Pena, who's a prospect we have that could take his place. But like, I get where they're coming from. But when you have Carlos Correa, you want to do everything you can to keep him. I mean, they've talked about how he's like the leader of the team. Like he's the one that brings a lot of the energy and stuff like that. So if they can find a way to keep him, I would still almost picked Astros over anyone in the league or to contend with anyone in the league. But I think it is a big thing if we can get him or not. And I'm hoping we get that notification soon. If we get that notification on the same day that Deshaun is traded, that'd be one of the best days in Houston sports in recent memory. <laughs> yeah. Like like you said, players like Carlos Correa don't grow on trees. So Christian, um, how do you feel about the MLB news and how do you see the Astros this year without Carlos Correa as of today? Because I don't mean to spoil, but me personally, I do think he's going to re-sign at this point. Hopefully, God willing, he doesn't go to the Yankees. Obviously, everyone in the world is wishing for that except for Yankee fans. I, I can't see him going to the Cubs and rebuilding, and I can't see him going to the Orioles, even though they might have a couple prospects in a couple years. So, Christian, how do you feel about baseball being back? I'm happy that baseball is back. It's one of my favorite sports. I love watching it, talking about it, you know. Um the deal itself, I didn't think was great for the players, um, but I 100%. think at the end of the day, they have their families to feed and, you know, they you have to worry about the guys who are on the cusp and they have to, you know, feed their families too. So I think it's good that baseball is back. Um, I'm happy with uh, a lot of the deals that have been happening and um, with Carlos Correa not on the team now, I do think that that brings us down a tier. Um, I think that we still have, uh, you know, a little bit of, of spending to do even if he doesn't sign, you know, to fill some of those gaps, try to, you know, get some defense and some pop back in that lineup, that still would be very good. But um, it's, it's you know, even with the culture, what he does for Houston can't can't be replicated. So I, I do think yeah. it would be very sad and a big loss if he did go. Yeah, I don't think guys like Carlos Correa grow on trees. And, <clears throat> like, he was, like, the number one pick in 2012, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like what he's done, what he did last year without Springer was like ridiculous because a lot of people were talking about, oh, the Astros are going to be, they're not going to be as good and stuff. And then Correa stepped in and you had Kyle Tucker, who was like a five win player last year. Like the Astros just breathe like talent. And it's like, it's like, it's like nice to watch. You know, a lot of people were trying to like hate on the Astros and this and that. But like, if you really look at their lineup, like one through nine and you see like how much talent they have, like, it's like ridiculous, you know? Um, so with that being said, Freddie Freeman, this is going to be the first trade that we're going to talk about. Freddie Freeman got traded to the Dodgers. Jeff Passan went out of his way and said, this is going to be the most talented team I've ever seen in my life. 
No, I'm not going to lie. Let's look at the team. So you got Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, Trey Turner, Justin Turner. You got um, Will Smith. You got Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, AJ Pollock, right? The Astros' number seven hitter, who was Guriel, won the batting title last year. Eric, do you think it's fair to say for Jeff Passan, not having watched this Dodgers team for play for one game, to say that they're the most talented lineup that we've seen in his 20 years covering baseball? That's what he said. In my 20 years covering baseball, I have never seen a lineup as talented as this current Dodgers team. I can honestly, as for as much as I hate the Dodgers and they're like probably my least favorite team in the league, them and the Yankees, I can understand someone saying it because they are one of the most well-rounded teams, I think, that I've seen in a while watching baseball. And they are just like oozing talent, basically. I I don't know if I, I mean, I don't know if they're the most talented team I've ever seen. And I do think there's a couple other teams like, that could still, I don't, it, you can't just go ahead and say like, they're going to win the world series. Like, I don't think they're that talented to the point where they're shooing for it. And oh, that's the but, beauty of baseball. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things we love about it is because the MLB playoffs are arguably the best playoffs there is. And so I don't think they're talented enough to where you can just go ahead and say, Oh, they're going to win this, but they are an extremely talented team. And I'm not, I wasn't like mad when I saw Jeff Passon say that because I can understand where he's coming from, even if I don't agree. I don't think it's a horrible opinion, honestly. Okay. Um, and, um, Christian, do you think this Dodgers team is the most talented lineup that we've seen so far? No, I, I, def, I don't. Um, one through nine, like having a good lineup one through nine is great. Like it's it's awesome to have. Um, I just don't think that that's, that's something that you can say definitively. If a couple of things go their way, like, if Mookie is MVP Mookie, if Muncie is healthy, if Justin Turner doesn't look too old, if Freddie if Freddie Freeman doesn't look too old, if um if Cody Bellinger comes yeah, back, he has a good season, like they could be, they could be, but I don't think definitively to be able to say that is, is a smart thing to say. And Cody Bellinger was not great last that's, we seen, really. Yeah, so that's, that's a big bad. thing. If if MVP Bellinger comes back, then yeah, but there, there are a lot of what ifs, but I guess the ceiling of the team could reach that point. It could, for sure. But if you really think about it, like I don't mean to be that guy and like go out of the limbo and be different, but look at their pitching. You got Kershaw, who's washed. You got Trevor Bauer, who I'm not going to speak about. You got Julio Urias. Come again? Is Bauer technically on their team? Technically, he is, but Dave Roberts said he's planning to play the year without him. So. Okay. You got Julio Urias, who's who's been shaky. He was um he wasn't good in, against the Braves last year, but obviously he's still. I guess he had like a four four fielding independent pitching last year, so he's up there. You got Walker Bueller, who's a really good guy. I've I've always been a big fan of Walker Bueller, and then you got the hand dog in Andrew Heaney. So then you got you got Dustin May. I know they got a couple of pitching prospects um that are gonna get called up probably during the season. Like we've seen it in in past years, we know that pitching wins championships. I don't think the Dodgers have the best rotation in baseball right now. Would you guys agree with that? I would agree. I would think it would be the Mets. That's what Maybe. I said too. Degrom, that dude's insane. Degrom, Scherzer, Bassett. Yeah, Bassett. Oh, Bro, I, last year I was preaching Degrom all year on just knows. I was probably annoying him, but Degrom nah, nah. is just—he's one of these. That was probably like up. He started at least with like the best pitching season I've ever seen 
it was he was incredible and he was even batting well like i don't know it was just it was insane there was that stat that came out that said like he had drove in more rbis than runs he had given up which is insane if your name's not shohei otani then that's just a nutty stat to have that's insane so other other like I said, cutting Kershaw back to the Dodgers. Um, Bassett is with the Mets. Bassett was an ace for the Athletics last year. And speaking of the Athletics, they are going, they are starting the rebuilding process. I know you guys have them in your division. And last year, a lot of people were saying that the A's were going to win the division, which was corny, stupid, and they need to get that checked <laughs> out. But um, Matt Olson is now an Atlanta Brave. Christian, we know that sports are a business, right? Mm-hmm. So. Matt Olson, I think I'm one of the few people that said that the Rays did the right thing, giving that Matt Olson's like five years younger. What did you think about Freddie Freeman going to the Dodgers and the Braves telling him, like, listen, like, I'm sorry. Like, I think I, in my non-biased opinion, I swear to you, I think the Braves did the right choice by choosing Matt Olson. I don't care about the homegrown, the whole 12 years thing, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that they did too. I think Matt Olson, number one, is the better player. Like you said, he's five years younger. Um, he's paid less per year than uh, Freddie Freeman as of right now. Um, I'm pretty sure as, as far as their extensions, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt Olson's was eight years, 168 million. Freddie Freeman's was six years, 162 million. Um, so I think that they just, they kind of made the, the right decision. It hurts to lose a guy you just won the um, World Series with. And, you know, like you said, home your own, but he fits their timeline better as far as the younger guys that they have, like Ozzy Albies and, uh, Acuna, um, but um, yeah, I think that that's that's a good decision. And, um, yeah, I think the Braves made the right one. All right, what do you what do you think about this? Because like a lot of people are saying, oh, they they hurt his feelings, this and that. But we know that sports are a business, and feelings are gonna get hurt. So did the Braves make the right choice? I think in terms of just swapping basically Freddie Freeman for Matt Olson, it's a smart move. But I do understand one complaint I saw Braves fans having, which it makes sense, is they were basically saying, because I don't really know, like, their prospects that they gave up. I don't know them that well, but I was listening to, like, what of a lot of, a lot of like, verified sources and what Braves fans were saying. And some of the uh, prospects they gave up are pretty high up, and that they were some of their best prospects. And a lot of the, I saw one complaint that a lot of fans had was, if you were going to do that and trade those assets, why not just sign Freeman and then do it for another position of need or something? So then you have the first baseman and something else. And that's an understandable one to me. But if we're talking just, but obviously we don't know all the ins and outs of what's going on. And if that deal was the only deal they could really have in place for those prospects or what the case is, but as just for the Olsen and Freeman swap, I think it was a smart move by them for as much as Freddie Freeman is Atlanta. I think that made them better and it was a smarter move for them. What so they gave up three top ten prospects in their system, but what player could have they have acquired? That's what I also don't know. Like I don't know what top free agent or trade asset they or not free agent, sorry. I don't know what top like player on the market they could have gotten that they could have netted with those players. Matt Olson was the only one I guess I could imagine, but if there was another one that came out, I could understand why like the Braves fans were frustrated by that. But with what we know, I don't think it's a bad move. Another move that we saw um, um, with the Oakland A's um, rebuilding process, we got Matt Chapman going to the Blue Jays. I think that's another bargain deal. Matt Chapman didn't have a really good year last year, but that that platinum glove is something special. Um, 
guys, you're both Astros fans. Obviously, obviously, you guys see the World Series as a ceiling um, every single year for the last five or six years. The Blue Jays lineup one through nine, it's looking a little scary. I don't know if you guys have seen like their depth and stuff, but um, what do you guys think about the Blue Jays offense and can it keep up with you guys? Wait, can you hear My bad. Uh, I was just saying that I I understand that we are like rooting for the World Series all time stuff, but I think that one through nine lineup on the Blue Jays, I think it could compete with us. That's their lineup is pretty incredible when you just look at player by player. I mean, I'm not I don't remember exactly where their their pitching is, but for their just their batting and their just one through nine lineup, it's it, it feels as good as it gets pretty much in the league today. But I still think, and I'll hold to it, that if Astros re-sign Correa, then they can compete with anyone. Astros are right there with anyone. So they got Lourdes Goriel Jr. They got Springer. They got Grichuk. They got Matty Chapman. They got Bo Bichette. They got Kevin Biggio. Um, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. They got Teoscar. And then they got... Um, did they re-sign Barrios? I can't remember. Jose right? Barrios? Yeah. Yeah, well, he did, he was just they traded Austin Martin and um another player for them. That's for, what happened. I think yeah, he, he's definitely in their rotation, and they got Kevin Gossman from um from the Giants too. But they did lose Robbie Ray, so like, you know. And speaking but of I, Kevin, I think. Sorry. What did, no, no, no. What were you gonna say about the Astros? Um, I was just gonna say I I do think like Eric said, um, with the Astros, we've just seen it with them t- year in and year out. So I I don't have any reason to doubt that they can compete especially when it comes to playoff time uh i do think on paper the the blue jays could be better especially because all the name guys that you just named are pretty good bats and they're all pretty young so they could be getting better and better every year it's hard to predict how good they are um but you know like you said adding burritos and and gosman i think that they're a real threat and they they could compete with us so it's not any team to take lightly they said that they were looking at J-Ram, too, to play second base. Yeah, that could be great. Yeah, J-Ram had an MVP-type year last year. Like, he was he was really good. A lot of people were saying he was washed, but... Probably the best bargain contract in the in the MLB, honestly. Right shout, shout out to the Cleveland... I forgot... Wait. It is Guardians, right? I didn't want to get that wrong. <laughs> shout out to the Cleveland Guardians for that one. But speaking Guardians. of... Um, Carlos Rodon went to the Giants. Um, Christian, so... Obviously, Buster Posey retired, right? On paper, the Giants have an amazing rotation. But it's time to find out if they're Buster Posey merchants or not. What do you think about Rodon to the Giants? I think it's a good uh, Gaussman replacement. If Rodon can stay healthy, he's really good. Um, I'm pretty sure he's still pretty young, too, like 25 maybe, unless I'm getting that wrong. Um, I think it's a good move for their future. So um, I, I think that they can compete again. I'm not sure that on paper they're as good as the Dodgers. I think they're just one tier below, and they played a little bit above, above their heads last year. Um, but I but I think that they're a very good team regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Eric, what do you think about the Giants and the pitching? It's time to find out the Buster Posey merchants or not. They got Joey Bart, who's a, who's a solid catcher. I know he's like 25 years old, which is crazy to think about. These prospects are like 25, 24, not like the NBA when they're like 12. But... What do you think about Carlos Rodon to the Giants? I think, 
like uh, Christian said, I think it was a good move. It was a good replacement. I mean, we saw pretty much year long how good their pitching was, and that was kind of a staple for them. And then I honestly thought in that uh, one game they were going to beat the Dodgers, especially like they went all in pretty much with the Chris Bryant trade and everything. So I was pretty high on them. <laughs> but I mean, now Chris Bryant's gone. So which I mean, the Rockies, I, I don't I didn't see that coming. But Bruh. The, I still think Giants, their pitching should still be good. I agree with Christian. I don't think they're as good as the Dodgers right now. And I do think, I think they played a little over their head. I don't think they're as good as the 107 wins showed. I think it was 107 showed last year. But if they can repeat it and prove me wrong, then I'll happily admit it. I'll cheer for anyone in that division other than Dodgers. But (laughs) I just, I, I, I don't know if I can see them repeating it. But I do think it was a good moving redone, and I think it was a good replacement. Yeah, so like you said, Chris Bryant went to the Rockies, one of the most disgusting moves I've seen in the history of the Major League Baseball sport. Like, I don't understand. The Rockies are literally paying Arenado $50 million right now to be on the Cardinals. You would think that Chris Bryant, like, called Arenado or did some type of um, inquisition or anything, but he said, no, let me take the $182 million. So, Eric, what did you think about this signing and, like, what the hell was he thinking? I mean, I saw a lot of people well, and everyone's why? initial reaction was, why the hell is he doing this? What is he thinking? This is such a stupid move. And then I saw a lot of, de- like, whenever the details came out about what his contract actually was, everyone kind of was like, okay, I get it. Like, it's a lot of money. I mean, I don't know I don't what other teams there, are offering bro. him. I-, I don't know what a lot of teams were offering him, but it's a lot of money to pass up if you're getting offered that. And I don't know how much winning matters to him. Some players it matters more, some players it doesn't. So I mean he's already won. He's so. already won one. That's the thing. And like, he has an I MVP like, to his name. I feel so. like you see a lot of times where players not necessarily ring chasing, but they're working their career. Their goal is to win a ring. And then once they get the ring, then it's getting a payday. And that seems kind yeah. of like what he did. And maybe he's not there all seven years or however long the deal is. Maybe he does get traded or he requests <laughs> a trade or something. But <laughs> I can't imagine he'd want to spend seven straight years on the Colorado Rockies but maybe I'm wrong that's I just can't imagine that's something a player wants to do that he might not be as good as he was like three four years ago but he's still a pretty damn good player yeah absolutely <laughs> Christian what did you <laughs> I can't say this without laughing out loud Christian what do you think about Chris Bryant signing with the Rockies from a money point I get it 182 million like shit but yeah. what did you think why did Chris Bryant do this uh like we and Eric were talking about, you know, I think, you know, he's already won the ring, so might as well just go get your payday. Um, I was also thinking, you know, it's it's in Colorado. He's going to be playing 81 games a year there, get his stats up, maybe get another payday. I'm not sure. But seven years from now, I'm not sure how old is he, 28? He's 30, I think. I think oh, he's, he's in 30. his 30s, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, he bro. is. Oh, okay, so he's not getting another payday. This is probably the last one. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, like, as you know. Go get yourself some some money. Go get yourself some home runs and, and an easy place to hit. And that's all he was thinking. Get your stats. the wealth, right? Get your stats, yeah. yep. <laughs> but, I mean, I'd imagine there was a lot of teams trying to get him. So, I guess he just did go maybe to whoever was offering the most. Because I imagine there was at least some contenders that were reaching out to him trying to get him. They just maybe didn't offer what he was looking for. Kind of like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I was thinking about the whole Von Miller situation. Like he was locked in on the bill or on the Broncos and everything. He was talking about how like it's a done deal. You just wait for them. But then you saw the deal that 
Von Miller got, and you're like, okay, well, obviously he's not going to go to the Broncos if, he, yeah. if they're not offering that money. So, like, money talks. That's just what it is. Like, a lot of players are going to go where the most money is, and it's as simple as that. So, other moves, we got Zach Greinke going back to Kansas City. Uh, my prediction is that he's going back there for a year, and then he's going to be he's going to retire next year. So, don't be surprised that next year Greinke announces that he's retiring. Kyle Schorber is going to the Phillies for 80 million. I'm gonna miss him, but I was I don't think the Red Sox were willing to pay him 80 million to be a DH because he was okay at first base, he was okay in the outfield, but 80 million for a DH. I don't know. We got Brad Hand back to the Phillies. This was the other move that made no sense to me. Nelson Cruz to the Nationals. You're 60 years old, you're trying to win a championship, and you go to the Nationals who are rebuilding. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I do. I wasn't expecting that move that kind of yeah. caught me off guard. I heard he had some other teams that were like going up, like the Padres, right? The Padres, the Dodgers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I thought he would have gone to one of those teams, to, you know, try to win. Um, I'm pretty. He has he ever won? No, he, he lost. He so. lost both the years Rangers, with right? the Rangers. Yeah, well, they were down to one strike, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of his fault because he couldn't feel. <laughs> oh my god! This did not turn into a Nelson Cruz slander session. I'm happy that he got his money to Washington. Maybe they can, you know, shock somebody and try to compete next year or something like that. But I, I don't see why he did it otherwise. Maybe just a so we got Seiya Suzuki to the Cubs for four years and 80-something million. I love watching international players play, man. Like, me and Eric, um, Christian, me and Eric talk about this all the time. Like, watching Acuna, Guerrero Jr., Tatis Jr., and Soto. Like, those four is just, like, it's a beauty. So just watching... Hopefully, Seiya Suzuki can put on a show like Otani did as well, like last year. But what Otani did last year, I don't think it's ever going to be replicated in the sport unless he does it again. But I wanted to save the best for last. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Brian Cashman, I'm looking directly at you. You said <laughs> that you wanted the Yankees to get younger and faster. He got Josh Donaldson, who's 36 years old, and had a fight with Garrett Cole over sticky stuff. And they re-signed Anthony Rizzo. So, Christian, I know how much of an advocate you are for the anti-Yankee fan club. Why the hell did the Yankees make this move? Well, I mean, you know, I'm going to be a little bit objective here. You know, they said they wanted to get a little bit faster. Even though he's like 38, Donaldson is faster than Gary Sanchez, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got to be a little bit no. um, <laughs> It's just funny to see. We've had all these Yankees fans. They talk every offseason, every single offseason. They're like, we're going to get Seager. We're going to get Matt Olsen. We're going to get every good pitcher on. And then it's it's their their whole team is never willing to spend the money unless it's in-house. I think that they're going to end up giving Aaron Judge a pretty sizable contract, but they're not where they're supposed to be. I don't think anybody's scared of this Yankees lineup and their pitching isn't good enough to like o- overtake that, you know? They, uh, Eric, they went to game seven of the ALCS five years ago, and they're still in the same position that they were five years ago. Why? Yeah, I, it's just, just what Christian said. They're not, they're not spending money. Like, they're kind of like the Lakers or Knicks of the MLB, where their fans every year are like, oh, we're getting this all star, we're getting this all star, we're getting this player, we're getting this player, but they don't. They just don't get them. And it, last year, with how much they underperformed, I was literally, I was such a big hater last year. I would go to Yankees yeah. like stream, like Yankees fan <laughs> streams and watch them just suffer. Like I was just <laughs> so happy watching them be terrible because no fan base deserves it more than them. I don't care. 
Like you said, is... you said they were gonna miss the playoffs, and I mean technically they. Bro, <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I do. Because like it's for it's just ironic because Yankee fans say that the Mets are paper champions every year, but like every year the Yankees are also paper champions. So how does that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're I, starting th- to get a little bit further away. They're starting to, you know, act like Celtics fans. The last championship they had was 2009, right? Yankees, yeah, yeah, 2009. Yeah, it's starting to get a little bit further away. You're not, you're not really, you can't really hang on to that. Yeah, because Celtics was 2008, so yeah, I mean, exactly. basically the exact same. But that's not even like that was their last. <laughs> that was their last championship, and that was their last World Series appearance. Like that's the other thing. Yeah, that yeah, makes it really worse. Like. It, it seems like the Astros have been successful because they've they've made three World, World Series in the past five, five years. years. Yeah, yeah, they've lost two of them, which kind of hurts. But it's like, I I personally, as a fan, would rather that than coming short every year. Yeah, I'd rather 100%. every single. That's year. why, like, I'm sorry. I saw one thing, and I want to ask both of y'all. I don't know if y'all agree or disagree, like with what I'm thinking. But I saw one thing. It said, "Would you rather your team be?" For like a 10 year stretch, would you rather them be the worst team in the league for nine years, but in between win one championship or be contending and like near the top, a top five team for 10 straight years, but never win one? Contending every year. But That's, I'd, depends, be, I'd rather be contending. But every year, honestly. it depends on the yeah. sport. Because if the Dolphins ever win a Super Bowl in my lifetime, I don't think I'll ever watch sports again. So it depends. <laughs> Bro, I think that's part of it. Like, I'm such a big Texans fan. But once I finally, if I ever see them win a Super Bowl, I can just, I'm good. I'm good on it. The but like baseball, bro, it's different. So it think is, about yeah. it. The Red Sox won the World Series, traded the top two player at the time in the MLB. And made it as far as the Yankees did in the last four years. Game six of the ALCS. There's no excuses. If Hal Steinbrenner, excuse me, if George Steinbrenner was still alive, I think, like, like, think about it. If you're George Steinbrenner, rest in peace, and you witness the Red Sox win the World Series, the Rays make the World Series, the, the Blue Jays make the ALCS, the Orioles make the ALCS, and you do nothing about it. The Blue Jays might make the hell. The Blue Jays might make the World Series this year. We're talking about three divisional rivals making the World Series in like a five-year span. But honestly, screw the Yankees. Hopefully, they finish third or fourth. I don't have any expectations for the Red Sox again this year. We do have the best manager in baseball, but no expectation means no disappointments. Um, guys, before we move on to the next topic, very, 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 very early World Series prediction. I'll, I'll just go Blue Jays, Dodgers. Come on. Everyone is saying that. It's basic. It's basic. Everyone. I, I'm going to take the easy choice. You know, I'll, I'll <laughs> whenever the season gets rolling and going, I'll do it. But I go bold predictions on literally every prediction we ever make. Literally last year's NFL playoffs, I pretty much picked the underdog in every game. So I'm going to take this one easy route for now. <laughs> Christian, what do you think? I'm going to go a little bit bolder. I'm going to say White Sox versus Mets. Oh, Mets. Sox. I was thinking Mets earlier too. I yeah. should have stuck. With I just them. think, like, like Andre says, you know, the pitching gets it done in the in the playoffs. So in the postseason, um, I think they'll they'll get a couple bats that that'll get hot. I like Pete Alonso a lot. Like a lot of their lineup. So I think that they, right now, they're. The- so, <laughs> I don't have a prediction because I'm still waiting on Correa, okay, Story. <laughs> And Castellanos, and then Conforto. Conforto's probably going to play in Mexico next year, maybe. You can't put us on the spot and make a <laughs> prediction, and then you not do it. Oh, now you got to okay, make so, a prediction. All right. Uh, it's very hard That's to repeat. Astros. It's very hard to repeat in baseball, so I'm not going to pick the Braves. I'm going to go 
I'm gonna go Mets Astros. Let's go with that. Yeah, that's a good one. Mets Astros. Okay. Yeah. Mets go Astros. Look how look how humble me and Eric are. Neither of us picked the Astros. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to. I don't want to be too biased. Bro, so so the thing is, right? If you go by division by division, I don't see any other team. The Yankees, no. The Rays, they they overthought everything. The Red Sox, just, no. Yeah, they're just weird. I, yeah, I they're just. I, I remember I you hated like, them last year, bro. I remember how much you you were like. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the way that they they build their team. It's just your players they want to build it on like a 40 million dollar payroll every year it's like it's, it's like they're doing they're the, the real life money ball basically yeah. they're like the real life money ball the, the white Sox are frauds but even worse at least at least money ball they didn't tell you they had barry zito they had um Mulder, they had uh tahada they had a bunch of good yeah. players that they were still paying at the time they just lost a couple so they had to consolidate you know if you guys want to watch Moneyball, it's on Netflix. It's a great baseball film. It's one of the best, in my opinion, and a great sports film overall. So watch it on Netflix. R.I.P. Jeremy Giambi. Yeah, oh, right. that's, that's sad. That's sad. That was, that was one of the funny moments in the movie, for sure, was his appearance. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Rest in power to him. But moving on to our third topic of the night. Ladies and gentlemen... We are in the home stretch of the season. There's barely 10 games left. The fun is about to begin. Um, Christian, who wins the NBA championship today and why? I will go with the Phoenix Suns, the best team in the league this year. I think that Chris Paul finally gets his ring. Most complete team. Health bearing, you know, I mean, you know, they, they're saying that he should be ready for the playoffs, but I don't see any team in the West that can really, like, throw them off their momentum right now. I see some teams in the East that, that they could struggle with, but if they're the most rested uh, team by then, I think that they'll, they'll be able to win it. Eric, if the NBA postseason started tomorrow, who's winning the championship and why? Well, I was going to say Suns because I'm also very biased towards Chris Paul, but I'll go with someone different. I'll, I'll just just come on, really? Just, I'll just... go a little bold just oh to make God. it better, even though I'm not Fine. a huge fan of this guy anymore. James Harden's finally going to get it done. I'm going with the 76ers. That's my bold prediction. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's my bold prediction. Joel Embiid and James Harden. Oh, Kareem my and, God, uh, bro. Kareem and Magic. Finals, finals MVP. Embiid. Ain't no way Harden. Tobias not, Harris. As long as I'm alive, Harden is not seeing that award. Okay? I can be nice to him for half the time. I'm not giving him all that. Wow. A Glenn Rivers team winning a championship. Christian, would you agree <laughs> Would you agree with the Sixers pick out of the East? No, I have them fourth in the East. I have them as a second round. Uh, exactly. Man. I didn't want to. I went easy on MLB. I had to go a little it, bold here. Bro. Yeah, it's it's not inconceivable. Like a lot of things would have to go their way personally to for me to see that happening. Um, yeah, but I, I think that the East is very strong. I think the Nets come out of the East, then the Bucks, then the Heat, then then the Sixers, and those are the only four teams that I see having a chance. On. The other the other teams are just bored. They're just there. You don't believe in the Celtics? Yeah, like Chicago is fun, but then um, I don't want to say none of their top three guys can defend, but they're not. None of them are like two way guys. <laughs> Okay, so I don't mean to cut you off, but the Bulls are two games out of the play-in, and they have the toughest schedule remaining. Oh, Jesus. I, I did not know that. Yeah, me neither. I didn't realize that they were only two games. But I did – I mean, the Nets have been streaking lately. The Raptors are pretty good. I think, actually, the Cavs are going to end up in the play-in because of uh, Jared Allen being out. Yeah, the, the Cavs have been struggling too, but – 
Um, you know what? I'm going to be different. The Milwaukee Bucks are going back to back. I can see that. Okay. That's what I said early on. I don't. I, they were my pick. Giannis is they're well coached. Brooke Lopez just got back and he's a force. Um, I don't see Miami beating Milwaukee. I don't see Miami beating Brooklyn. If we can avoid them until the Eastern Conference Finals, which if the season ended today, we would play the Raptors or the Nets, hopefully not the Nets. We would play the Raptors and then the Bulls or the Celtics and then we would play the Nets or the Bucks. But um, Christian, from a basketball standpoint, Eric, obviously as well, would you guys rather, listen to this question, would you guys rather see Bucks Nets in the first round or Nets Sixers in the first round? Bucks Nets, Nets I'm sorry. Probably. probably Nets Sixers. Bucks Nets to me because just then I either... don't want to see James Harden go out in the first round again. <laughs> oh, see, that's the exact opposite for me. I'm fine seeing him go out in the first round. I and also, that's later, a rivalry. Sometimes I feel like they just go so overboard. They're like, oh, Joe Dumars is better than Harden now. I'm like, all right, man. Yo, yeah, the people like, do begin a little crazy. Hard, like, I'm sorry. Bro. I, I'm sorry. I'm going to hold true that James Harden is better than Allen Iverson, in my opinion. I see, like, that's a debate I see all the time. And even D, Warriors fan, he was saying that he could argue Clyde Drexler over Harden. Come on, man. Harden's better than Clyde Drexler, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Clyde, Clyde, if you look back at it, like, it's not that much film. He was good in the playoffs, but I, I'd say James Harden. He was great, but I feel like Harden's peak, like, at Harden's best... Even in the playoffs, he still had some great moments. He, we know how he is in the playoffs. A lot, I think, but, oh, but Eric, the funniest thing you said it was we've seen James Harden flame out in the playoffs every year, and I was just dying laughing. I'm like, damn, bro, he bro, really that's turned whenever, like a- bro. Whenever I get going on Harden, <laughs> I, the I still do think Dwayne Wade is better than James Harden, and I've gotten in that debate with so many Rockets fans. Oh, but there's man. even some Rockets fans that think James Harden is better than Hakeem all time. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah, they're ridiculous. They, they, um, I, th- I think it's there's way too far right, way too far left, and there needs to be a middle ground. But sure. you don't really see it that often. That's what I'm saying. There's there has to be some middle ground. I'm like, the, even even when we talk about him, oh, coming up short every year, I don't think he really did. I think he had some bad moments that look bad at like at the time. But you have to think about it. each game is a hundred possessions. Like there's gonna be some bad. There's gonna be some good. I think overall in 2019, 2020, he played well in the playoffs. 2018, yeah. Even 2018, whenever he, um, they, like, if 2018, if we have Chris Paul, yeah, if 2018, if we have Chris Paul, we might win that, and nobody's yeah. just like looking at him as a failure. But because he didn't beat Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant by himself with Trevor Ariza playing for the Warriors, I mean, <laughs> what, what is he really supposed to do? Speaking of the Warriors, um, Christian, you had a very great tweet yesterday. You said, "How are you taking eight? How are you scoring eighteen points on twenty-four shots and not think to pass the ball?" Bro. So, Christian, Draymond Green is back for the Warriors. Obviously, we know who he is. Um, in the Eastern Conference, I don't think there's a clear-cut Eastern Conference Finals. In the West, it's looking like Sun Warriors. <clears throat> Excuse me, Suns Warriors. I know you already said that you have the Suns in the finals. But if the Suns and the Warriors were to meet in the Western Conference Finals, and that's what I'm hoping for, I hope that's the Western Conference Finals, who would be the X factor in the series? Is it Devin Booker? Is it Draymond? Is it Clay? What do you think? Is it the coaching? It's, it's DeAndre Ayton, 100%. Ooh. It's, it's 100% DeAndre Ayton. If he can use his size to overpower the Warriors, it makes it a lot easier on the Suns. If he can go out there and be like moving around on the perimeter and staying with the, the guys that, um, 
that the Warriors have that they want to play fast. He he just has to play very well if the Suns want to win that because it's not the greatest matchup for the Suns. They don't want to play fast like the Warriors do. They don't want to face defensive wings like that who can go on Chris Paul and, and, and Devin Booker who aren't as big as, you know, their wings. So I, I do think that that um that Aiton has to be like an all-star caliber player for them to win that. Okay. Um, Eric, obviously we know all three of us have the bias with Chris Paul wanting to win, but if the Suns and the Warriors meet tomorrow in the Western Conference Finals, who is the X Factor and why? I would probably agree with him that it's the Andre, but I'll just go a little different. I'll just say Michael Bridges because I think it is like three and D ability. I think it can bring a lot. And if he can, he, because he can, I'm not going to say he can guard one through five. I don't think he's like that. But he can get out on the perimeter and he can mess up uh, Steph and Clay on a few possessions. If you can limit Steph and then Clay, he hasn't been amazing since he got back. He's been kind of streaky. Like he's had a good game and then he has a game that we'll have Christian tweeting about it. But like he'll go back and forth. So I don't know. I, I think if Michael Bridges can play his role as well as he has been in some of the games this year, I think that could be a big reason. But I think originally I would pick DeAndre Ayton. Do we both, do all three of us have Suns and Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, right? Yeah, I do. As a I, I, I would hope that Jazz could knock off the Warriors or something like that, but the I don't think see it. Yeah, you heard oh, me. We I need, we need I, to see it. If anything, the third team would be Denver to me. If, if Denver. Or Junior or but is he going to be back? That's the question. What's up that's with what, him? Jamal, that's what they Jamal, were they saying. They said it's 50-50 yeah. now. If that happens, I could definitely see it. I, I don't know if I see Memphis. Because I think, I think Jokic is the best player in the West right now, like in that playoff mm-hmm. picture, I think that he's the best yeah. player over there. So if, if um, you know what that does in the playoffs, when you have the best player in the series, it's, it's an advantage. So, and he's been better. really good in the playoffs when he's been there. Bro, yeah, playoff yeah. Jokic is a real thing. Yeah. So I can see that. Uh, Christian, did you say that he has a bigger shot kink, um, like field goal um, percentage save kink than Kevin Durant? Like, what did you say has a bigger one? Wait, what, what do you mean? Because you said that Jokic, like, he loves the, to be, like, um efficient. Like he, he holds the ball to, for the last second until oh, he doesn't miss yeah. his field goal percentage. I would say Jokic because KD sometimes he just – he gets hot and he does, um, uh, you know, he just does some heat checks and stuff like that. Jokic, he's, he's very, like, reserved sometimes. He's going to think every shot through, I feel like. Because yeah. I remember one of your tweets, you were like, Jokic has like 12 shots through three quarters. That's unacceptable. <laughs> this and that. I'm like, damn, bro. <laughs> I've been saying that for a long time. Like, even before he became to an MVP level, I, I just don't think in his brain he realizes how good he is sometimes. I think that that's a little bit of an issue. And Paul Millsap was talking about that before when he was on the Nuggets. He was saying, dude, you got to go out here and realize that you, you are our best player. You're you're the guy that we need you to be the MVP. So. And speaking of MVP, we're going to get into the awards really quick. So MVP, um, Eric, who do you have? Uh, I think because Nuggets seed, I know that whole argument is weird. I'll just go. I'll go with the Embiid right now. I'll just roll with Embiid, even though I think it's a three horse race. Like it can go either way between three players. Okay. Um, Christian, Giannis is 39 and 20. Jokic is 40 and 23. Embiid is 38 and 18. Who's your MVP? Um, Mine would personally still be Jokic. I've just been going with Jokic all year. I just think 
I've always had that mentality. I don't think that they, that um, like you said, the Nuggets. I don't think that they're much much worse than um, than those teams when healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for him to keep them afloat, if he keeps them out of at least the play-in to where they have a solidified uh, playoff spot, then I think that he can he can have that MVP argument. Uh, for me personally, I don't think the Harden trade should hurt Embiid's chances at MVP. Would you guys agree with that? I agree with that. I don't. I don't think it should. Yeah. If okay. he's still clearly the best player on the team, and I think he has been since that trade, and, and as long as he's performing like at that level that he was before, then then why not? And I don't think that you know having too much help is ever a, a valid excuse in, against an MVP. You know, it's, it just just perform to that MVP level, and that's all the standard is to me. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I can't see Jokic winning it because of voter fatigue. I can't see Giannis winning it because of voter fatigue. Sadly, this is where the MVP falls on today. I don't want to go with Embiid, but he's been really dominant all year. But I just want to say that Giannis has been dominant as well, and it's been underlooked, and it's, like, ridiculous that an MVP, a two-time MVP, an NBA champion is still underrated because a lot of people are talking about him like he's, like, overrated it's just disgusting but this three horsemen race it's gonna be interesting would you like like look at Giannis's resume and people are still saying that his whole career is a fluke like how does that make sense no they're ridiculous I I have Giannis as a top 20 player all time already already yeah and yeah yeah we were talking about that in the group chat the other day that's funny Sixth man of the year. We got Christian bro real real quick real real quick pause I don't know if y'all are watching this Kentucky game bro yeah this is insane Kentucky's down one, so this, yeah, they just, this is going kind of crazy. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Six man. We got for six man. I got Christian's favorite player, Mr. Tyler Hero. Would you guys agree with that? Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's gotta be. It's Tyler. It's Hero. I, I'm a hater of him sometimes because um, <laughs> I do think he gets overrated. You know, he Twitter can be a little bit annoying, but I mean, there's no way to. He has for the people that love betting, he has negative twenty thousand odds. So, if you guys are one, one a favorite, <laughs> most improved player. Now, this is a tricky one. Um, Christian, since you're our guest, I'm gonna go with you first. Who's your most improved player for this year? I think I would go with John Moran. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I think, Short, um, simple, and sweet. Okay. Yeah. Honestly. You want me to go a little <laughs> bit more in depth about it? No, no, no. You like, bro, you said it. You were confident <laughs> in your answer. You didn't even think about it. You're like, John Morant. I think so, yeah. Just you to go we- from where he was to uh, what I was saying before, you know, like he's – before he, he, he was a very good player last year, um, but what he's done almost leading the league in, in, uh, in paint scoring, he's become a lot more efficient. He's still a very good playmaker. He's surviving out there, and he's got the Grizzlies the second seed in the West, one of the best records in the league. I think it really speaks for itself um, how good he is. So I think he should be the most improved. His three-point percentage is also really good this year. I don't know if you like the, like last year he wouldn't even shoot them threes, but this year he's like really confident with it now. Yeah, he's definitely taking more. Um, not not as many as you know other <laughs> other players out there, but. He's taking it enough to where it can, if he gets hot, it's going to be something you have to guard, and that's that makes him a lot, a lot uh, tougher to guard. Eric, who's your most improved player? I probably I feel like it's a, kind of a safe answer to go Jaw too, because like 
I think he went his rookie year, he averaged like 16, 17 points. Then second year, he averaged 19, I think. And now he's up to 26, I believe, 27. Advanced so 27, yeah. 27, yeah. yeah. So like, I feel like that big of a jump. I think I could see a shout for Darius Garland. He's taken a pretty big step. And even with all the problems the Cavs are having, he's still been playing really well and keep, they have a better record than I think most people expected. And then I know we talked about it a little bit before. You talked about Miles Bridges. I still think just overall you got to go with Jaw though. I feel like he's the safe answer, so I, I I'd agree with Christian. I'm gonna go with Miles Bridges just because I don't think anyone saw him averaging 20 points per game this year. Honestly, he's had some improvement in um as a playmaker too. Like before, I feel like he was just a play finisher, but they give him the ball a little bit more. Miles Bridges is definitely a, a good candidate. That that was another question that I had for you guys. If you average a lot of assists. Does that necessarily mean that you're a good playmaker? No. I don't think it necessarily means that, but it's sometimes a good indicator. Like, I, I don't think it is 100% like white and black, as simple as that. Yeah, no, it's not It's not that simple. Most of the time, if you look and you see someone who's like a winger better, who's averaging like four or five assists, you're going to look more into it and be like, oh, you always want the stats to back up what you're watching. So like, oh, you'll be like, all right, I see he's averaging four assists. Let me go see how he's playing a couple times a, a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to be sure. Um, coach of the year. Oh, this, bro, I, in my non-biased opinion, bro, I know Monty has been amazing, but bro, it has to be Eric Spolster, man. So with, uh, <laughs> with the big, big three of the Heat, they've all missed significant time. I think it's, you know, I think it's fair to say Spolstra. It kind of sucks because Monty got robbed by Tom Thibodeau last year to me. Like, I, I'm kind of just giving it to him because of that. But Spolstra probably has been better. So I, I wouldn't be mad at either or. I think those are two of the top three coaches in the league. Eric, Monty, Spo. Uh, I'd probably say, and it, I know it's probably wrong to think of it this way, but I would say because of Monty getting not winning it last year, it's kind of affecting my vote this year to where I think he should finally get it because I think he is still very deserving of it. But I don't know. I'd go with Monty just because partly I do think he's deserving of it and partly because I think he should have won last year and him not winning two straight years like this would be pretty wrong. But Eric Spolstra is very deserving too, I think. Spo hasn't won a coach of the year, bro. Yeah, he never has. True. He's due for it. He's, he's the best it. coach in the NBA and he doesn't have an award to his name. I cannot believe, bro. They, they put him in the top 15 coaches of all time, but he doesn't have a coach of the year. Why are they not backing it up? Damn Shout out, Spo, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, to be fair, he was really good in 2017 compared to where you guys were in 2016 when you guys were like the A seed. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give him that, but man, I don't know. Dan Tony always annoyed me with some of the stuff he did. 2018 win it all. Bro, straight up, 100%. <laughs> 100%. Rookie of the year. The there's no hypotheticals in sports. Rookie of the year, I feel like it's just like the MVP where there's three or four guys that you could argue. But I'm going to go first for this one. I'm going to say consistent. I think it's, I still think it's Evan Mobley. What do you guys think? I'd agree. Well, I think it's getting closer. I have thought Evan Mobley most of the year. I think it's starting to get closer, but I'd still probably lean Evan Mobley. I would say Evan Mobley as well. I think what Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes are doing, um, 
tried to slip in Jalen Green there. <laughs> um, hey, he's been great since the All Star break, so <laughs> he definitely has. He's, um, but I think it's yeah between those those three there. Um, I think it, it should be Evan Mobley because he's been the most consistent all year. He's already one of like it's not even just that he's a good defender, like he's he's literally like almost a, a great defender now as a rookie on one of the best defensive teams in the league. He's been better, like he's been pretty average offensively, but that's better than what people projected that for him so far. So I think that he's just. Yeah. And I mean, the last one, the last one, we got defensive player of the year. I have, I again, bro, like I'm, try, I'm trying so hard not to be biased. Like imagine we have all these awards and we lose in the first round. Like that would be, that would be crazy, but. I think the defensive player of the year has to be Bam Adebayo. Not because of voter fatigue, but because if you really watch a Heat game and the amount of ground that he covers and what he does on the court is just ridiculous. So uh, I'm going to go with Christian. Who is your defensive player of the year today? Mine would be Jaron Jackson Jr. If the season ended today. It would be Jaron Jackson. That's what I was going to say, but all... I'll just go on the third and just say Giannis is a safe answer. But Jaron Jackson, I know Christian's been a big fan of him. Uh, that dude, he's nuts. He's nuts. Yeah, he's just he's just everywhere as a rim protector. I think he might be like up there, and he can move around a little bit. He plays the four. Um, not anything against Bam. I my my vote wouldn't go to him simply because he's missed. At, at the very least, he would be missing one-third of the season. I think the most he can play is 58 games this year. So I think that, you know, it's it's unfortunate to him, but the best ability, uh, best ability is availability. And Jaron Jackson Jr. has been there all year, even when John Morant has been out. And that's the reason, one of the reasons they've been staying afloat is their defense, and he's the main main proprietor of that. It's just funny because Draymond Green said that he's still an MVP. MVP. Yeah, he's still a deep-point candidate, and he's missed a shit ton of games too, so. The fact that like players go out of their way to say it, it's just funny. I would say consistent there too that that Draymond is not a uh, you can't miss thirty one games and be defensive player. I'm I'm sorry, you just have to. You're not like you're, he's extremely important to your team, but you have to actually be out there to show that importance. Is my yeah, and moving on to our last topic of the night, um, Eric. People have to wake up tomorrow and root for a team that's not in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Could be us. Could not be us. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Madrid came back against PSG. Um, Karim Benzema scored a hat trick. We won 3-1. Atletico beat um, Manchester United. I know you were happy about that. And then the third Spanish team, VRL, smoked Juventus yesterday. You got Liverpool in there. You got Bayern. You got Manchester City. And you got Benfica. Eric, who do you see winning the Champions League? I'm going to go Bayern because... I don't want to say City because I will never say Manchester City will win it. And that's the main reason. <laughs> and I don't want to say Liverpool either. And I think Liverpool, City, and Bayern are probably the top three for me with Real Madrid and then Chelsea right there. But I, I'm i going to go Bayern because I'm not picking another English team that's not Chelsea. Christian, so Chelsea right now, obviously they're a shit show. And they have their backs against the wall and they don't have anything to like lose right now. Can Chelsea go back to back? I wouldn't bet on it. If I was a betting person, then I would say no. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Manchester City, unfortunately. I think that they just have uh, the top to bottom their squad. They have guys who play for national teams on their bench. So they're just a ridiculous team. Yeah, and they're very well coached. 
Um, yeah. Eric, obviously, we're, we're not going to get a lot into the whole Chelsea situation, but to make things simple, the owner of Chelsea is, like, friends with, like, Putin, and he was forced to, like, get rid of the team, and they blocked everything for Chelsea. They blocked ticket sales, shirt sales, every kind of sell, with, and they're not going to have any fans available for their home Champions League games. With their backs against the wall and literally nothing to play for, do you think Chelsea can create this underdog story, quote-unquote, and go back-to-back? Um, I think it could be, like... I don't think anyone else would look at it that way. I think everyone else would just think it's stupid that they try and create that type of narrative around them. But I agree with Chris. I wouldn't pick us or Chelsea to win if I was betting. They'd probably, honestly, I would pick City, Liverpool, uh, Bayern, and Real Madrid over Chelsea at this point right now. But Chelsea do have are one of the best managers in the world. They have a very well-rounded team. They have one of the best defenses in the world. So anything could happen, I guess. But I honestly think if they end up getting in the draw tomorrow morning, if they end up getting any of those other four teams I mentioned, I think they probably go out next round. I think it goes into like three tiers. So the first tier is Liverpool, Bayern, Man City. Then you got Real Madrid, Chelsea. And then you have Benfica, Villarreal. And I'm missing one more team. Atletico. And Atletico. Okay, so, yeah, I think Atletico could be in that second tier. So you yeah, got... I was going to say that. I was like, I think Atletico might be better than Chelsea, too. <laughs> Bro. Bro, but, like, Atletico has been terrible this season, and they still managed to yeah. beat, like, United. Like, it's just crazy. So yeah. you got you got Bayern, Liverpool City, Atletico, Chelsea, Real Madrid, and then Villarreal and Benfica. Eric, you said that you hope that Villarreal and Benfica play each other, but I don't know, man. I think No, I said I don't want Villarreal and Benfica to play each other because then I know that would give one team an easy route to the uh, finals, and that would annoy yeah. me. Yeah, so but... if that happens, I'm gonna be frustrated. But I think it would be funny, honestly. I think I hope that I hope I think we're gonna draw Benfica, man. I'm being serious. Yes, yeah. and you said we're gonna draw Liverpool, which we would not beat Liverpool. I don't think so. I, bro, I think yeah, Liverpool and City. Games, but I don't think we would beat Liverpool either. You don't think we'd beat them? Nah, I don't. It's just when no, it comes Liverpool's to like so in, like in league games, like Premier League teams, it's just nutty stuff happens sometimes. So it could. Like I would rather draw Liverpool than Bayern, obviously, or something like that. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think that that's a, a good thing that would happen. To be yeah, but uh, I don't know, I, man. If we I draw pick City a- and beat them, though, if we draw City and beat them. <laughs> I would be on cloud nine. Bro. It's the oh most. Be- it's the most beautiful time of the year, man. We got March Madness. We got Champions League football quarterfinals. We got MLB coming back. NBA playoffs. NFL is still far away, but we can we can enjoy that. <clears throat> Christian, any final thoughts for episode thirty six? Um, not really. Uh, go Rockets, go Astros. That's all I got. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> any final thoughts for episode thirty six? Um, I hope St. Peter's pulls off this win against number two Kentucky. But other than that, I think I'm good. Jalen Green for Rookie of the Year. Let's go. Who do you guys have winning the, the NCAA tournament? I was going to say Gonzaga, but they've been looking. Arizona. They look, did not look great today. So Arizona. Yeah. I'll go Baylor with the repeat. Okay. They got the Baylor one last year. All righty. So, Christian. Last year, you said at 23 years old is when you become washed. This Saturday, you're turning 24, so happy early birthday. Got it to give you a shout-out for that. 
me and Eric were going to be washed this year, turning 23. So I just had to throw that out there. You said last year, you said 23 is the year you become washed. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, we'll Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe. Um, tune in to Sportsmania every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Me and my friend Jordan are hosting that. But continue to stay safe and take care of your family and your loved ones. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Peace.